Welcome to the Sisters in Crime Writers Podcast. Everyone has a unique writing journey, so join us for conversations about those journeys from the writers themselves. Henrikus, Executive Director of Sisters in Crime, and I am delighted to have a conversation today with Yasmin Ango. Yaz is hailing from Northern Virginia, and she's a first-generation Ghanaian-American who grew up in two cultural worlds. She taught English in middle and high school for years, served as an instructional coach for virtual teachers, and works as a freelance developmental and copy editor. Yaz received the 2020 Eleanor Taylor Bland Award for Emerging Writers of Color from Sisters in Crime, of which she's a proud member. She's also a member of the uh, Palmetto Chapters of Sisters in Crime and Southeast Chapter of Mystery Writers of America, to name a few. Currently, she lives in South Carolina with her entertaining blended family. When she's not writing, she works as a developmental editor and sensitivity reader, attempts new recipes, or is engrossed in an audio book. Yes. She is represented by Elizabeth Edwards at Stonesung Literary, who has done well by her because her debut novel, Her Name is Night, will come out this fall, and it's now available for pre-order. Yes, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Julie. Well, it's, I'm really excited to have this conversation with you because to people, when I say you won the 2020 Eleanor Taylor Bland, and then they hear you've got a book coming out in November, it sounds like, oh, this took her overnight. And I, I know that your writing journey, um, took a lot longer than that. So can you mm-hmm. talk, we're going to talk about writing and publishing two different conversations, but, but can you tell us a little bit about the fact that all of this didn't, it's all happening fast, but it didn't just happen in a year. Right. Yes. Don't let the, the you know, these dates fool you um, because I, and this is probably telling my age a little bit, but um, I really started writing. Obviously, most of us start writing when we're really, really young and, you know, kids and everything like that. Um, but um, I had finished my first manuscript in uh, 2002 uh, and got and, and went and queried the, the long way. So this is before email. I'm not going to say before email, like nobody emailed in 2002 or 2003. But, you know, um, when we had to query, we had to send it snail mail and mm-hmm. we would have to print out the whole entire manuscript and send it to them that way, the whole thing. And so um, that is how I did. And, um, and email, not emailed, wrote a a whole bunch of um, agents at that time and and got some rejections. And I got an agent um, at that time. And we started subbing out then. And um, I didn't get any any publishers who wanted to um, publish me. So uh, we ended up, my, that agent and I, parting ways when she decided that she wanted to move back to California. So I, I hung my writing up because at that time I also had just, I had a, a, like a two-year-old and mm-hmm. my husband at the time was in the military. So I just decided I'm just going to go put that away for right now and I'm going to raise my family and focus on, you know, uh, finishing up school. And, and so, and so that's what I did. And so for, for very, 
for like, you know, over a decade or whatever, I, you know, I didn't really, I wrote little for myself, but nothing publishing wise and um, didn't think about that really until we um, moved to South Carolina and I was going through a whole lot of life changes. Um, and like I had just lost my father at that time. And, you know, this was a new location, divorce, all of that stuff. So everything was happening that time at once for me. And so I needed something to really get my mind back to where it used to be. And writing has always been so cathartic for me. Um, so I, I just, I just was like, you know what, I'm just going to like, just do this and, and try to, you know, pick up the things and, and write up again and, and like, just see where it goes. And so that's when I just, I did that and tried to revise that um, manuscript that I had previously written. So that was like back in um, 2010, maybe that, mm-hmm. um, that I had done that. And so I queried that via email because that's what people did now that I learned. So I had to relearn the whole, you know, querying and publishing process. Um, and that took a lot. So that, that was not even, even after I thought I was done with that, um, revamp of the manuscript, I still had to take a whole lot of time to learn what it, how I was supposed to interact with agents. I had to learn Twitter. I mean, all this stuff, I knew nothing. Um, and so that was a little disheartening. It was scary for me, but I, I just kept going at it and trying I had to learn to um, come out of my shell because I'm very much an introvert and I'm super shy. And so that meant, you know, on Twitter, you got to talk to people and you got to network and all this stuff. And and I just didn't know how to do that. Plus, you know, I was going through a lot of things, but I tried it. Um, And so uh, it must have been, gosh, I don't know, um, 2017 or so when I finally, so that, you know, took me some time. So that between that, um, seven year when I picked it up again and, and then actually really started, um, uh, querying and things like that. Um, it took me all that time to revamp the, the manuscript to, to learn what this new publishing world was to feel like I was ready to try it, um, and put my toe in. And so that is really when I, to 2017 is really when I started querying hard for that manuscript. I got a whole lot of rejections. I had so many rejections. It wasn't even funny. I was like, nobody wants to read my book. Like what's going on? Are they crazy? (laughs) I was so, I was mad at the world. I couldn't understand it. Um, Mm -hmm. and it took me forever and everything was so subjective, you know? Um, but I kept trying and trying and then finally got, um, an agent. Um, I think at the end of 2018, I um, finally got an agent and we tried subbing that book and that was unsuccessful. And around about the time that we were subbing that book, I was, I had always been percolating in mind the story that I wanted to really go back to my culture, my heritage, you know, like I remember I'd said that my dad had passed away. So he was always, all these years, he was always in my mind and I'm trying to figure out like, how do I honor him? How do I uh, reconcile myself with all these feelings that I have. And, and that's kind of where that, the story that I have now came from. And, uh, so I finished it, um, in between 2018 and 2019, I finished it. And then the agent, um, that I had at that time and I, we parted ways. Um, and I wanted to start fresh again with this new, you know, brand new shiny book. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to do it. And I said, I feel like this is going to be 
good because this one came from my heart and it has all my passion. I've put everything in it. Um, and it's action packed, everything that I love, um, and lots of killing and stuff like that. So, (laughs) so, um, so early, what are we in 20, um, 21. So early 2020 is when I started, uh, querying, um, that book. And at that time it was called Wodeni, which means assassin in, in Chui which is one of the dialects in Ghana. Um, and I started querying that and uh, got a lot of rejections for that too. And I said, what in the world is going on? I know this is a good book. Like what in the world? But, you know, rejection is something that is really hard, even though you may feel like you are fantastic. When everybody tells you you're not fantastic, it weighs on you and it chips away at you, you know? And so I was already like feeling some kind of way, you know, and um, it was just chipping at me and chipping at me. And I was just feeling worse and worse um, and worse. And then I was just like, you know, if I don't get representation, um, if I don't, you know, if I, if I don't get representation by, I don't know what I, um, I don't even think I gave myself a date. And then if, please let me know if I'm rambling too, because I can, you know. No, this is great. This okay. is great. Okay. So, um, so yeah, so about May, maybe I was still um, trying to uh, query And I was like, I don't know if I could do this anymore. I don't know if I could take another rejection. Um, I just can't do it. Maybe everybody is right and I'm wrong, even though I felt it in my heart that I know how to tell a story. I not only did I do it as a child, but I went in my education, my career for over a decade had been teaching children about writing, about Mm -hmm. literature. And I was like, look, you know, if I'm not writing, I'm teaching it. And I don't believe in that. uh, Those who can't do teach because I could do. And I taught, you know, Um, but so I'm like, how nobody can tell me that I don't know a story because I know a story. Um, But I was still feeling like that rejection. I just couldn't help it. And then um, finally, I, I got um, a yes from my current agent, Melissa, and I and I was floored that she, you know, had accepted me because right before she not she had accepted me, but right before she offered, I said, I am going to um, quit. I'm going to hang up my my pens and my papers. I'm going to stop. And then one of my writing friends, Kelly Garrett, she um, she mentioned this award to me, the Eleanor Taylor Bland um, Award for Emerging Writers of Color. And she um, put it in our group. We have, we're in Crime Writers of Color uh, group. And she put it in there and was like, you know, this is open if anyone wants to apply for it. And she said, you should apply. And I said, I don't win anything. And I was feeling really low, but I guess I will. It's not like I'm going to win or anything. I I literally said that. And I filled it out with my little piece of my book and everything. And I sent it. So I sent that and I sent my query to Melissa at the same time. And this was in May. Um, and then I didn't hear anything back from it. I actually totally forgot about the, um, the, uh, contest, the award, everything. And then I got message from, you know, Melissa saying that she wanted to talk to me and I got the call. And so I was like, wow, I have an agent. This is so cool. And I was really excited and I felt validated. And I, and I hate to say that, 
you know, someone else validated me. But at that point for me is what I needed because I had really been beating myself up. And so I was good mm-hmm. with that, that Melissa was now my, my agent and we were going to like, you know, send this thing out and it was going to be successful, I hope, and all this other stuff. And then maybe about a month later, um, I got an email and it said, you know, congratulations, you're a winner. Now, you know, we get those emails that says that, and it sounds like a scam. And I knew it was a scam. And I said, I'm not opening that thing up. And so that email sat in my box for maybe like two or three days because I was like, that's just a scam. I, you know, I'm not even thinking about it. Wow. But then something told me, you better open that. And I said, okay, something. And so I opened it and it was like, you, this is like legit. And I said, I couldn't, I could not believe it. And I was like, I almost like tossed this in my trash. It's been sitting here for days and I can't believe it. And I I just cannot believe I won. And so like, that is really how it started for me. After that, it was just like a snowball effect, you know, got the award, then, um, you know, the publicity for it about the same time, right after I got the award, then Melissa sent out my book, um, to publishers or yeah. So it came all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then, um, right after that is when I got my offer for, um, the book deal. And then, um, just like two weeks after that is when I started getting offers, um, for the TV deal as well. So it's not every, you know, this isn't something that happens to everyone and please, it was from what did I say from 2003 to 2020, right you know, is what is the length of time that it took me to get published. So it is a journey. And, and, and please believe that I was about to quit for real, for real about to quit. Um, but I just had to send this one more query and I had to send this one more, you know, contest that I'm not going to win. And, and here I am. So there's so much to unpack with this. And it's (laughs) such a great story. It really is because it shows both sides. It mm-hmm. shows the, the steady and the patience and the moving forward, but also shows that wonderful things happen. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, it's very exciting. But let's go back to the beginning. How, when did you decide, I want to write a book? Um, that's a good question. I think so long ago, I don't even know. I think I just I was home one day and it was just, I was bored and I said, let me just, I have a story percolating in my mind and I just kind of want to get it out. My, my daughter was super, super young, you know, just born uh, at that time. And, and, um, and I wasn't working. So I was an at home mom at that time as well. So I had a little bit more time on my Mm -hmm. hands to like, uh, to do the writing and the, the story really, I I had a story from when I was in college, um, and just like the, the girls, uh, there was a girls group of us and we were like the best of friends. And so I wanted to kind of write my feelings about that whole experience, which is mm-hmm. what I, I take a little bit of like an experience that I've had or know of, and then a story can kind of come forth from that. And so, and I feel like it's, like I said, it's cathartic. And so I wanted to get through some feelings that I had with my friend group. And, and that's how that story came. And was it always crime? novels? Was that first book that you you shot for, you know, 17 years or whatever? Was that a crime novel? That was not a crime novel. It was a women's fiction. 
um, about four friends, but it did have some darker elements. So I've always leaned towards like the little, you know, a little bit of the dark, um, a little bit of like harsh reality kind of things that happens between friends. And, you know, I love the story because there are mechanics and there's craft around writing, but there's also some magic. Yes. So I love the, you know, sort of the feeling that, you know, your dad and processing your life and, and, you know, all this came together. But as it, was this always going to be a crime novel when you were, you know, having these imaginations or because that seems like. You got that written once the idea came to you from the story, storytelling. It, mm-hmm. it wrote, you wrote the book. I mean, it came to you. Or was it something you've been thinking about for years and you finally said, she's, she's a character I need to write about now? Right. So I, this particular story was something that had been in my mind um, for a couple mm-hmm. of years before I actually started, you know, um, started it. Um, and I always knew that it was going to be one where uh, the the main character was going to be from Ghana. Um, and it really did start about the time that my dad passed away, uh, which was um, in uh, 2011 is when he passed mm-hmm. away. And so I didn't know at that time exactly what it was going to be, but it was going to be someone who I think she was going to be like a mob boss or something like that. So that was already there. Like I want to make her cause I wanted to be edgy and I wanted mm-hmm. to write about like something that I, you know, I'm, I don't want to say like, I think necessarily mob bosses are cool or whatever, but like, it's what I was watching on TV. And like, that's the kind of stuff that I really like are those like edgy, um, unreliable character kind of stories. And so I wanted to do that for her. And I just wanted her also to be like the boss, you know, of whatever it is that she was going to do. So I wanted to write a really strong woman who was from my culture, who, you know, wasn't seen often, you know, in, Mm -hmm. and, and I wanted to incorporate the elements of, you know, my dad's town and, and how he grew up and my mother's town and how she grew up and, and how I grew up as a Ghanaian American, um, all within this book and also get out, like I said, my feelings, you know, about loss, about grief of family, father, daughter Mm -hmm. relationships, all that stuff happens in the book. I love that. I mean, I love that the, the passion and and the fact that this brought you on a new journey. This this mm-hmm. this um, this current book. You said you'd been teaching kids how to write for years. You know what what's advice that you give them, or and also what's advice you've gotten. You know, both good and bad um, that sort of encouraged you along your way along your writing journey. Sure. So with my students, um, my key for them was to find, you know, the kind of genre, the book that really speaks out to you. Um, and I was teaching, I taught, um, I taught sixth all the way through 12th grade. And so I taught a lot of kids who were not readers, um, definitely were not writers. And so we, we really focused, I wanted to make sure that they found like a book that really spoke to them and, 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 um, that really told them a good story and, and enveloped them. And sometimes it worked and sometimes not. And I did the same with writing. I know writing is not for everyone. So I really wanted to respect that. And so, you know, I tried with them to, to focus on writing what felt natural to them. 
And mm-hmm. so it doesn't have to be like a story. It doesn't have to be a certain type of story. It could be something as quick as a journal or, you know, a couple of lines of whatever, but to write, um, to just get your feelings out, whatever is in your mind at that moment, just let that out and then see where you could go with that. And again, sometimes it worked and sometimes it, you know, didn't because not everyone learns and, and likes the same things, but like, those are the things that I focused on. And, and I just really tried to share with them my own personal love of, of reading, um, and of writing because, you know, my, I broke, I grew up as a, um, in a single parent household. And so reading and writing is were was my babysitter and mm-hmm. it was my best friend and it was my brother and my sister. I mean, I have brothers and sisters, but they were younger and they lived with my dad. Um, but like books and me pretending, you know, to be a teacher. Cause I did that too. And then me writing my stories. My very first story was, you know, a about um, an animal family in this forest that is about to be demolished and, and stuff like that. And so that was my very first uh, book that I wrote. And it's still in my room somewhere. And I wrote it in big pen. I have it. And the, the letters are all faded. But I hold on to that book because that was what really started it for me. Yeah. So Even then, writing dark, though, there were no forests that's <laughs> no, about it's to, going be to be demolished. Right? <laughs> There's always issues, yes. <laughs> well, and I love that you talk about, with your writing and your stories, processing life as part of it, which which I'm sure enriches the characters and the stories and the art because you're bringing real emotions and real feelings and real arcs to the conversation. Thank you. Yes, I try, yes. <laughs> so what's your writing process like? Are you a pantser or a plotter? Do you write every day? Oh, yeah. Let's see. I am a whatever I can figure out to be at the moment. <laughs> I am really a, what is the word? I just, I'm a finicky kind of person. I don't, I don't know exactly what the word is, but I am a pantser. So the mm-hmm. story, um, the book that I had, that's coming out now, um, was not, um, outlined. I just had a couple of notes. Anytime I had inspiration, you know, um, if a line comes to me and it will come to me in the most uh, inopportune time in the shower where there's, you know, you're wet and there's nothing you can write. Um, and you can't bring electronics in (laughs) or when I'm driving and like, where am I supposed to like write something? And so I'll try to like say it over and over and over in my mind, um, until I can remember it and only half of the time does it work. Um, so like I will maybe write notes. I have literally post-it notes everywhere, um, just jotting down things. Um, and then I, so I wrote that out, but with this, uh, book, my book two that I have, um, coming out, I had, you have to give like, you know, the synopsis and stuff like that Mm -hmm. to, to Mm -hmm. the, um, editor. And so I had to think ahead of time and that was really difficult for me because that's not how I, um, operate. And I'm also a slow thinker in terms of how plot is happening. I have to really feel my characters and they have to really, like they literally talk to me. And I know people say that, and I know a lot of other people are like, yeah, right. But they really do. And I have to like, it's like, I'm in, I'm embodying that person, um, for me to feel like I can write. So I try to write every day, but I don't write, um, 
in a linear fashion. So I don't write mm-hmm. from start to end. I will write the end and then I'll write in the middle and then I'll write in the beginning and then like somewhere in between. And that's my process. That was my process then. And it's my process even now because I have to be excited and interested in what I'm writing for me to feel like it's decent enough. I don't want to just write anything because I know some people, so you asked uh, like writing advice and I'm not going to say that there's any bad advice because I feel like what's bad for me is good for someone else. Um, But what did not work for me is just writing anything. So someone might say, as long as you're writing something, at least get it down. But I don't Mm want to do that because to me, I'm going to have to go back and redo it all over again. So that's extra work and I don't want to do extra work. I have to feel that moment and that scene and I think about it and I I plan it in my head and then I write it. And then when I write it, I get in that zone and it comes effortlessly to me because that's that I'm feeling so great about that scene. And that's typically to me what will make me feel like, oh yeah, this scene is pretty all right. I like it. And I tend to keep more stuff. That's why I tend to also overwrite too. And I tend Mm -hmm. to keep more stuff than I chuck because I've written when I'm in the moment and totally inspired by that particular scene. Um, And that's what gets me through. So outlines to me are hard because I feel like it bottles me, but I understand like maybe a loose outline of some ideas and I might jot some things, like I said, down, I might write a list of things that I want to cover. Um, but like sometimes I use some, all of the, the list and then sometimes I use like only a couple. So it just depends, but I have to write not in order and I have to write when I feel the urge to write. And that could be at any time of the day. I think my best times are in the morning, but because I have my other job too, I kind of, I have to work that other job. So I've got to Mm -hmm. train myself to write when, you know, everybody is quiet and kind of leaving me alone. If family will leave you alone, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I, I just try to write when I'm really feeling like, okay, I'm ready. I'm feeling like jazz. This character is talking to me and he or she is saying, let's go. And so I'm going to go. I love that. I mean, you're inspiring me by, by talking about this. <laughs> is your, is um, Nina Wright, is that her name, the name of your protagonist in your Nina book? Nina Knight. Nina Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said right. Sorry about that. Um, okay. We won't even edit that out because, I, of course, I make mistakes. Um, <laughs> but is, is the second book, is she in that too? So it's sort of a, it's a series. So you're it's, writing? Yes. And how did, how was that? Having her, you know, I mean, she stays in your life because you're writing her again. I mean, is it, are you expanding? Do you you know, it's never easy writing a book, but was it, how's the second book going? Yeah, the second book was, was, was tougher than the first, Mm -hmm. you know, um, because I had to be more strategic about, um, what I was going to do with her, um, and, and the people that are in her life and what else, what other stories she had to tell. Um, and I had to do it in a way that was okay for like my editor. So the, the big, huge thing, everyone is before you're published or before you get a book deal or whatever, whatever you write is truly for yourself. You have no limitations. You have nobody telling you this isn't going to work. You are writing what is in your heart and it is fantastic to you. Um, and you're writing for yourself. 
And then when you sell that book, you're no longer writing for yourself because you're writing for all these people who have expectations um, Mm -hmm. and you're writing for all of the readers who have expectations and you want everything else that you write to to have that same fire and and, um, tenacity and all that good stuff that captured everybody in the first place. So it's for me, and I'm going to be like really real with everyone. It was, it's been a struggle because a lot of my stress is how do I make it as they tell me it's good? How do I make it as good as they tell me it is, you know, because it's no longer for me. I thought it was great. I think this one is good too, but is it going to be to you and to everyone else as good as the first? I don't want to have that sophomore issue that people have, Mm -hmm. but also like, I don't want to disappoint myself because I am such a a learner and a studier of, of craft and of story. Mm -hmm. And it is always my intent to tell a good story. I don't know if you can tell, like if even in talking to you, like I get jazzed, like, Oh yeah, we're going to talk about this and all this other stuff because I want people to like really be engaged and, and enjoy what it is that I'm telling them, whether I'm talking to them or writing with them. And so I put a whole lot of stress like on myself for this book, which maybe I didn't need to, but it's just in that, in, in trying to get it to be, you know, almost to where the first one is, if not except, you know, exceeded or whatever. Um, and I just put a whole lot of expectations and uh, just uh, everything on. So it's been a little difficult, but I'm muddling to, through, I'm about done and I'm, you know, we going, I think I'm going to turn in something good. I think y'all will like it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't get to ask this question uh, often and I'm thrilled that I do. You've got, your book has been optioned for television interests. Yeah, that's crazy, right? So <laughs> I think it's awesome. More pressure, jeez. <laughs> well, is I mean, uh, yes, of course, but but are you thinking about that as well, or are you just letting that be? And then is that at all informing the second book? And you know, I'm sure it'll be a long running series. You know, yeah. do you see what I'm saying? Are you yeah. worried about what the how they're going to make it into six episodes or? however they're going to do this. Right. Right. Well, so the, so the, uh, Endeavor content who is, um, who optioned it, they are actually, they're really great. And so they've been very open with me about like, you know, well, right now they're in the process of looking for writers for it because, you know, I don't know anything about screenwriting and that's something I'll eventually learn. So while I I am an author, I know my limitations. And, and so I know what I can't do and I'm never going to not do justice for uh, the audience by trying to try do something that I know I'm not, you know, that great at, at the moment. So they've been great about keeping me informed. They say that they're going to, you know, ask me stuff. And I said, that's great. I understand everyone has, you know, their, their, their vision for the story. And, and I just am like, you know, as long as you, you know, make her true to her culture, um, Mm -hmm. and, um, and she, you know, she has to look a certain kind of way, you know, I'm really open to, you know, suggestions and I do the, you know, thinking of how they might want a book to, too. I do think, I did think about them too. Um, and to think, Oh, well, what, what might they like? And, and mm-hmm. they know that I've got like the second one coming and they're like, Oh, well, we can't wait to read it. And I'm like, great, more stress. Thanks. <laughs> you know, but, um, but like, so that also guides me, but definitely I, as long as they're like just true to the character and mm-hmm. they just tell a good story, then I'm okay with, you know, what they come up with. 
Well, I think that's a wonderful way um, of approaching this. But I also love that when you talked about screenwriting twice, you said, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I'm reminded of Agatha Christie, who didn't like um, the way her books were being adapted into plays. So she started doing it herself. Mm-hmm. She's like, this isn't making me happy, so I'm going to do it. Um, are you interested in, in looking into screenwriting as another um, another writing path for you? Yes, absolutely. Because as I am, I love reading my books. I love watching movies and TV. Uh-huh. All the, so I am always, and, and I'll critique something and talk about the story, and my family will be like, can you just stop? Can we just enjoy this? Must you talk about the character's arc? And please. Um, so nobody wants to watch with me, so I'm typically watching by myself. But um, yeah, I would love to, because I think that that is another level for me that I would like to mm-hmm. achieve, um, and, and, I, but, and I'm ready to do the work for it, and that means learning the process and being being mentored by someone who knows and being a student and not, you know, trying to come in and, and take anything over. And that's also the kind of mindset that I have with like the producers and everything is I'm very much a student in, and in your process and I'm not going to step on your toes. I just want to learn and be in the room, please. Mm-hmm. And so like, that's how I try to work it. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. I mean, it, because as a writer, you're always learning mm-hmm. how to do different things. But I also, it will be interesting to see um, on this this TV journey, which I look forward to hearing about. <laughs> right. um, you know how how soon you sort of say I have some thoughts, or or you know you're doing you're doing things differently. It's a very different. Um, type of writing Mm -hmm. because it's very visual Mm -hmm. and there's no backstory and no inner monologues and things like that. Right. And remember, Um, I said I'm an overwriter, so I don't know how they do it. I'm like, I don't know, y'all, but (laughs) 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 it's not enough. (laughs) But but are they looking at that being like a, you know, a series, a six episode series or a movie? They're looking at it to be a series. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. I mean, that gives lots of room. Yes, How exciting. Yes. Thank How you. How exciting. Thank you. So well, you talked, though, about, and so I want to emphasize for listeners, you know, this took you almost 20 years mm-hmm. to, to get to where on November 1st, everyone's going to be holding your book in their hands. Yes. Which is really exciting. And, um, and terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> do you Do you ever think you're going to go back to that first book and rework it or use it again? I I am because I just as passionately as I felt about this book, I felt about that book and it just wasn't that book's time. And mm-hmm. I think that I would like to come back to it and, and try it another way. I've shown it to my agent and she has given me her thoughts, which I like. So I, like I said, I'm always open even for my own work. And that's something yeah. else I'll tell, you know, writers too is, you know, Um, you had said it, like writers are always learning. And so there is no writer that knows everything. Stephen King still doesn't know everything, though I love him. And he is, you know, a genius at what he does, Um, you know, but he does, but he still learns. And, uh, and I am always learning. And so anyone who has, you know, some input um, for where they think, you know, what's going on with the story or something that I miss, because sometimes I'm too close to the story and I won't see something. Mm -hmm. And so I am always listening and I never, and 
And because I was a teacher too, and I had to give, um, you know, critique students, I had to show them how to give and receive feedback. So that also trained me in how to give and fee- and mm-hmm. receive feedback, receiving it especially and, and taking it. Some of them you take with a grain of salt, but like really seeing the value in all feedback that you get and then applying it as me ne- as it's needed um, and not taking it to heart. If it's something that hurts your feelings, you could be upset for a minute and then you just roll up your sleeve and say, but you know what? They might be right. So I'm going to take another look at that section that they were talking about. So my, my agent read it and she gave some notes and I, and I liked the notes. And so uh, when I clear this and, and have like a brain dump, um, then I will like pick that back up and, and kind of see. I don't know. That might be the one that I actually try my hand at screenwriting with. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, when you are on your, um, you know, on this publishing journey um, and, and all of this is happening, what what surprises you? I, what what I love about your story, I love many things, but one of the things that also stuck up is that twice you parted ways with agents because it wasn't working for you and for your journey. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. not easy to do before you're published, and that can be, you know, you do it for a number of reasons, and it's not uncommon. And we don't talk about that. We don't talk about the those parts of things, mm-hmm. um, but. You know, that's the business side of writing is mm-hmm. finding the agent who represents you and represents your work and will be a business partner for you on, on this. Yeah. What do you wish you'd known about that part or what did you learn, um, you know, during during those two changes that you made? Oh, yeah, definitely. So what I from the the, the second breakup, because to me, um, when you part ways with your agent, it's like a breakup. Um, because you have a relationship with this person and you have trusted them, entrusted with them, in them, um, this thing that you love so much, this baby of yours. Um, and so when you have to split, it's very much like a divorce. Um, and so the first one though was a little bit easier because I was younger. And so it kind of rolled off my back a little bit more. And she, um, you know, was like, it's not me. It's, or it's not you. It's me. You know what I mean? Uh, because she had, she just decided to leave. So that wasn't mm-hmm. as, you know, personal because if someone's going to go, they're going to go. Um, and she was also a great, you know, agent. The second one was a little bit harder because I chose, um, that, you know, I needed to go. It wasn't right for me. And so what I learned, um, and and I appreciate all that that agent did for me, um, and that they gave me the opportunity. Right. Um, but what I learned is when you feel like it's just not working, it's not for you, the, the connection or the, the path in which you want to take is too varied from the path that they're trying to make you take. Um, if you are feeling any qualms at all, like in any relationship, then you have to, you know, really decide if you need to be there and you have to, you know, go for like your sanity. Um, and also when you, um, you said something about business for your business as well. And so with that agent, you know, I had the, that first book that was being subbed and everything I had written, 
you know, this book, but I hadn't really shared it. I just said, oh, this is what I'm doing. But like it wasn't finished um, and and everything like that. And so as I was thinking about what do I want to do with this, um, I felt like maybe this wasn't quite the person to 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 um, represent this book. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm going to hold on to it until I find someone who I feel is a better fit. Um, and so that's what I had to do. And it was one of the hardest things. I struggled with that. I, I talked to my my writing friends and my personal friends. I talked to my husband, you know, about it because I'm the worst at like that kind of confrontation. And when we didn't have a confrontation, but like to have that yeah. kind of conversation yeah, with someone yeah. like it was hard. And um, and I felt horrible, you know, but I had to do it because I knew that this book was too important to me to not mm-hmm. do it. And I wanted to start on a, on a clean slate. I was going to start in 2020 at, you know, before everybody knew that everything was going to go to hell, you know, but, um, <laughs> and I was like, 2020 is going to be my year because I'm going to start fresh with just a fresh a new agent and a fresh book. And it's just going to be spectacular, but that's not what happened for half the year. So <laughs> But it all ended up um, to be, to have that fresh and that, that thought. But the point you True. make is such a great one, mm-hmm. is finding that business partner, finding somebody who um, will help you figure out the journey together. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, which is exciting. Um, so Sisters in Crime, had you been a member uh, of Sisters in Crime before uh, the Eleanor Taylor Bland um, I didn't. I was really new to everything, to all the groups. And I wasn't quite sure what groups to, to be in until like some people said, well, you need to be maybe in this group and this group. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll do that. Um, so yeah, it wasn't until, um, the award that I, um, joined, but I am so happy to have done it. I would have found them anyway, even if I hadn't. And I, I love it. And you, because you are a member of Crime Writers of Color, which is an unbelievably great organization, um, with, uh, oh, 300 members mm-hmm. and celebrating new releases all the time um, in an exciting time for that organization. And then Sisters in Crime, I think some people think you don't join it until you're published, but, you know, as soon as you figure it out, mm-hmm. um, you should join you it. Should join. Community in a writer's life is so important and so misunderstood mm-hmm. or not not paid attention to. Have you found that having other writers in your life has made a difference? Absolutely, because other writers are the only people who understand what I'm going through. Um, And they understand, like, when I'm working, you know, my writing is my work. Um, and that's something that I learned from Robert Dagoni when I um, when I had a panel with him this past uh, weekend. But like my writing is my work. Um, and so they uh, other writers understand, you know, the trials and the tribulations that you go through, the ups and the downs and the joys and how difficult it is, you know, to get a story out. Um, and so they are they are people that I can um, commiserate with and I can rejoice with and I can tell them, you know, oh, my gosh, like I'm really stuck in this rut. And they'll know exactly what I'm talking about mm-hmm. and, and have strategies that may have that has helped them and may you know, help me. And that's what I have found like with sisters in crime and with crime writers of, you know, of color is that, you know, I can just go and ask a question. Oh, and also sisters in crime have all these wonderful like webinars and they've got all these resources 
that like that you could go and use. And I've been to the webinars and I've listened to the podcast and, and I just am like, oh my gosh, where has this been all of my life? You know, and you say it's been around for 35 years. And I'm like, I've been around that long. Where has this been? <laughs> you know, I could have used this, you know, about 10 years ago, 20 years ago, I could have used this. So, yeah. So this has been like, um, I think the, the take my celebration, the things that I cherish the most are the, the relationships that I have formed with other writers, uh, with, you know, PD, meeting people like you and, um, and just being able to like talk with people who kind of know the craft and know what I'm talking about and still hold me up and I could do the same for them. And then anyone else who's upcoming, you know, I don't know everything, but I can tell you what happened with me and you can mm-hmm. like take from, from it as you, you can. And I'm always here to, to help people. And I, I find joy in that because that's what I did in my career. And so I will talk books and writing and movies and TV shows all day. If people let me. (laughs) You, um, you are a developmental editor. Mm -hmm. Can you just tell people what that is? Um, because you, that's helping other people figure out their stories. Right. Um, Right. But what brought you to that work? And, and you know, how talk about that because again this is a this is something not everyone understands Mm -hmm. how useful this is Mm -hmm. when you're stuck or writing or or figuring out why something isn't working right so so when I um dabbled when I started um editing this was gosh it's been two years now I think um that I've been doing it and it was on Twitter there was a you know a call out for editors of color and it was through Tessera Editorial um they were doing these BIPOC um mentorship uh program um, editing program Uh, it was like you know three months um of intensive let me teach you how to you know do editing because we need to have more editors of color um in publishing houses and working with you know traditional authors as well as indie authors and and things like that. And it was um, a brainchild of Krista um, Desaire. And so I I did that. And when I when I was in there, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I love this. Where has this been? And why didn't I know this when I graduated like high school? Because had I known that this was a path that I could have taken to be in the publishing world, to be an editor, even to be an author, I would have done it instead of trying mm-hmm. to do communications and business and all that other stuff that didn't make any sense to me and failing at econ. <laughs> okay. Well, we're not going <laughs> to talk about that, but, um, but um, it just came naturally to me also because that is what I did as a teacher. Um, and that's what I do, you know, now when I'm talking to virtual teachers and things like that, and we're talking shop, um, and, and talking about how to, um, to help people process what they've written and, and dig deep and, and things like that. And so as a developmental editor, you know, I'm working one-on-one with, with, um, authors to do for them what like my editors and my critique partners do for me. And that's talking to me 
um, about the story at like the base level and then fleshing mm-hmm. out like the characters and making sure that they have a complete arc and making sure that the plot holes that they have, you know, are, are holes that they're going to plug up by the end, um, making sure like that the timeline is concise and, um, and that there's whatever message that they're trying to, to give to the, to the, to the reader is clearly, you know, stated by the end of the story, the, the reader gets this message and gets this story. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really try to work with them on that. And I love it because like I said, I love a sto- the craft of the story. Um, and mm-hmm. so I could do that like all day. I, eventually I would love to just be able to like do that. I'll do my writing and then I'll help someone with theirs, developing theirs and, and bringing out the best possible story. Um, and, and that's also something like with, you know, with developmental editing, you want to pull from the, from the writer, the best possible story that they have in them. That's such a great way of putting it. And again, this is something not everyone knows is out there Mm -hmm. and that they need, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it could help so many people who are either stuck or have an idea and they don't know what to do with it because writing a book is, is a bigger, um, is a bigger conversation. Mm -hmm. And as you said, the publishing world also needs um, more people of color in these positions to help tell the stories. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, there's so much work to be done, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but there's also great things happening, including, um, you know, your wonderful news and your wonderful journey. Yes. So, yes. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, and, you know, for sharing your story and you told us what's next and it's exciting <laughs> and I can't wait to, to hear the whole journey and to, um, to read your book November 1st. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Julie. I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being with us today. Sisters in Crime is about community. We were founded to advocate for women crime writers, and we continue that mission by fighting for equity in the crime writing community. Sisters in Crime is an international, inclusive organization for all who write and love crime fiction, mystery, thrillers, and suspense. Join us at sistersincrime.org and make sure you subscribe to this podcast.